everyone, and welcome to this episode of ArcBooks Talks. My name is Frida, and I'm here with Asha. Hi. And Clara. Hello. And Tomek. Hola. Hola. And this month, we have read Crimson by Nivia Corneliusen, a Greenlandic book that I chose this time. Woohoo! I thought it sounded very interesting, and I'm going to read the blurb. Nuke, Greenland, five friends. Fia breaks up with her long-term boyfriend for Sarah. But Sarah is in love with Evik, who is about to break promises. Evik struggles with gender dysphoria, and Inuk is caught in a scandal involving social media, sex and betrayal. Behind the scenes is Arnak, the life of the party who brings a web of manipulations to a crescendo. So basically there are these people in New Greenland who are trying to get by, living the life with uh, struggling with sexuality, friendship, all the regular stuff that people might struggle with. I chose this book because I wanted to read something from Greenland, which I had never done before, and I thought it sounded really interesting. However, this was not how it turned out. What did you guys think of the book? Tomic? I, I agree. <laughs> 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 I wanted to like the book, but I didn't. Because I did not learn anything about Greenland. That's my biggest uh, beef with the book is that it could have uh, taken place anywhere. <coughs> the problems, the, the, the actions of, of uh, the protagonists. Uh, yeah, it could be in Poland, it could be in New York. Um, I was looking forward for, for some meat about Greenland, but I didn't find it. Whale? <laughs> Whale blubber. <laughs> Not enough blubber in this one. Um, I agree, I didn't like the book as well. Um, for me, the main issue was more the writing style. It felt very much like the author was running through everything. So you didn't really, or at least I didn't understand how uh, a character went from one mindset to another one. Um, so that really annoyed me. It just seemed like suddenly people had changed for the better without anything happening. Yes, I think I agree too. And. Um I mean, with both points, right? Like you, you don't get any setting, any context because they don't say anything about uh, the city or that the places where they are in. Uh, I guess the only thing that I learned was that they take a lot of taxis there. I guess you know, like, <laughs> true. <laughs> but it makes sense, uh, perhaps, because the city is. I just... think everything is far away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That and then, uh, then I really agree with you, Clara, that things just happen in a very arbitrary way. And I think maybe that's a part of the, the problem. That's what I was uh, thinking about, that the narrative is uh, sort of very romantic, but not in the sense that it's filled with romance, but in, in that everything has just one solution mm -hmm. and that solves the problems of the characters, mm -hmm. right? Because, I mean, if we already get into what's happening in the book, the way it's uh, written it's, is that it's divided into chapters named after the characters mm. uh, right so so we get the story from their point of view and then um, what happens is that at the end of each chapter I feel like there is uh, just one answer to all their angst and problems and whatever mm. for one of them is that they discover they're not straight for another one is that they discover that they have a different gender identity and again somebody else also discovers they're gay or like somebody discovers that they're in love with this other person so i think yeah it's always just uh, one answer and then it's just the path to redemption in a way yeah it's like very straightforward solutions mm. it's like 
from A to B, but you don't really see what other options they had or like when they had doubts about stuff, it's more like, oh yeah, this is my problem. Boom, now I have solved it exactly. in a way. Yeah, so it starts with Fia having problems with her boyfriend. Mm. They are living together and she's like not really feeling it or whatever. And then she doesn't really know why. And then she goes out with her friends and sees this beautiful girl. And then it's like, I'm, I'm gay. Yeah. Problem solved. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then she moves in with... Uh, her with little brother's her little best friend. Yes. And the okay. little brother would be uh, Enoch. And Enoch is in prison in the in his in his uh, start of his chapter. As like, do you mean? Um, did you understand it as a real prison? I th- I thought of it as Greenland was a mental prison for him. That's to be in. I I okay. I I couldn't really figure out if it was like an actual prison. Yeah, because I had yeah, trouble yeah, with that yeah, as well. Yeah. I was a bit like, is he like actually in prison? But then he's like, I escaped. Yeah, Wee-hoo. And yeah, but, and then he moves to Denmark, mm. and then he's like, "I don't want to be from Greenland. Fuck this shit. Being Greenlandic sucks." Then, uh, but then he moves to de- yeah, goes to Denmark, and that also kind of sucks for him. Uh, then he's in a different prison, Danish prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because for him, it also he struggles a lot with his nationality, both like being being gray, gray, being gay, and uh, from Greenland is very difficult for him. It seems like so he never in Greenland he doesn't feel at home because he's gay and then in Denmark he doesn't feel at home because he's from Greenland it, that's how I understood it right. at least yeah yeah and I think uh, we don't uh, we don't learn that he's gay at the beginning of his narrative mm. but that's what we discover at the end with him and then he, he feels that he's finally free right yeah. so yeah. his sister is uh, 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 I'm, the, the best friend of uh, this guy right? yes Anak yeah, yeah. Anak lives with Fia, who is his sister. Yes. Yes. And they send each other letters while he's in Denmark. And he's like, then she's like, I'm gay. And he's like, fuck you. You cannot be gay. This is really shit. Mm. And then in the end of his chapter, it's like, okay, I'm I'm also gay. Shit. Uh. Yeah, and that really annoyed me. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I was just... you. You never got to understand how he changed his mind or how he realized, oh, I'm actually gay myself and because I'm really insecure about it, I'm projecting all of this homophobic rhetoric until my sister. Um, mm. you, you never understood like how, what happened, how did it change for you? So you actually accepted yourself or realized that this was how you felt about things. So that really... um. Really annoyed so, so me. <coughs> the the author committed the rookie mistake of uh, telling and not showing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. She just says that it happens happened instead of describing it nicely. Yes, that yeah. was a very nice summary. <laughs> <laughs> Tell it, not show it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yes, so I picked this book because it was from Greenland and I thought that it was going to be really interesting and we were going to learn something about Greenland. Mm. That didn't happen. No. No. I think none of us got that out of it. Like, then he said, like, uh, this uh, this guy, he was a very... Then in his uh, chapter he wrote, like, I hate being from Greenland, Greenland sucks. And then I thought, like, okay, maybe this will, like, bring some of that, like, Greenlandic history into it and maybe we will learn something here. But he, that that's kind of it. That mm. was all he said about it he was just like fuck greenland but then he was also like fuck denmark uh and then his chapter kind of ended 
Uh, yeah, w- when we hear Greenland, we think colonialism, uh, suicides, mm. um, all kinds of problems, but also indigenous revival, uh, some shamanism, but we didn't learn about any of that. It, t- it So Anak had some problems with incest in her um, part of the book. She was abused by her father as a child, and this is why, uh, as I read in the blurb, that it said that she was... Uh, Uh, committing a lot of like betrayal and so she also revealed to other people that uh, Inuk is gay Um, and this was like not so cool and then her answer to the problem is also just like she was abused by her father this is why she's a bitch done yeah yeah Yeah, Um, again a very simple solution or like a simple explanation for why things happen yeah and I think I mean when you read about the book, uh, the way it's praised is that, oh, it's such a contemporary narrative of how, you know, love works or identity works and these things. But I think, yeah, we don't really get that, right? We, we again, go back to this very simple thing of just having one one answer to mm. everything. And you don't really get the um, the complexities of, of of life or of of struggling with things. And <clears throat> again, I think... Uh, going to the very beginning of the book, I, I sort of didn't also like the harshness of Fia's narrative, how she uh, hated her husband, was it, mm-hmm. or boyfriend? Oh, or was it boyfriend? Oh. No, no, it's just boyfriend, boyfriend. Oh, but long-term boyfriend, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, and I, and I thought that was a bit uh, too harsh. Unfair. Yeah, and unfair, and because uh, she was just, yeah, uh, saying all these horrible things about him and, and being with him and all of that. Which is uh, fine, but again, as as you say, we are not showed what what's the problem. We were just told through her narrative and all these very, uh, yeah, very harsh things. I think um, so. Yeah. Yeah. All we are told is that she's consistently sweet, and she hates it. But we don't <laughs> yeah. see like yeah. some small daily situations where she's sweet, but it annoys her. But that's kind of the same as what happens to Sarah and Evik. Like Sarah is really sweet, and Evik is just like, don't touch me. Mm. Uh, and so it's just like you know she really wants to be there and like be a good girlfriend and try her best for them to make it work and Evie is just like go away so it's yeah again like there is some mismatch in I guess maybe that would be the Greenlandic thing the the emotional closeness Mm. uh, because everyone seems to complain about it so I guess it shows in this way Mm. What did you think of the beginning of Sarah's chapter with her sister giving birth? I I kind of like that part actually. Yes. To be honest, I think that's that's one of the best um, described parts of of the book. Mm. It's sort of emotional and uh, yeah, at least that's the part where I could uh, feel with the character. Mm. Maybe yeah. as I told you, Asha, I whenever there's a birth involved, I get super emotional. So when I read this part, I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, it was cute because then she was just like, today I'm, I don't want to touch this baby with my dirty hands. Then the uh, the midwife is like, okay, wash your hands and then touch the baby. And she's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm dirty. I don't want to like uh, infest this pure little creature with my dirty being, my dirty soul. Because then it also like, so Evik cheats on Sarah with Anak. Even though Evik doesn't 
want to be touched by Sarah. Maybe it's just because it's Sarah. Maybe because it's a woman we don't really know. Um, and then Sarah is like, I wanted also to cheat on Evik with Fia. Mm. So that's why I'm dirty and I don't want to... Like, so I broke up with Evik because she, he discovers that they are trans. Mm. I cannot be in a relationship with a girl because you are a man. And then Evik is like, oh yes, I'm a man. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but no yeah yeah i i i agree on the the line the more the thing about the birth that i really puzzled me was more that when she finally helped the baby she was like this is the best day of my life i'm free now everything is good and i for me it was difficult to understand how did holding the baby suddenly make your life fantastic and like she was so happy and then after what she went to meet with Evik, right? Yeah. After she had held the baby. Yeah. And she was like, you're a man and Evik was like, yes. And that was the end of their conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in my mind, I was like, but tell me, how did you figure out that Evik was a man? Like, what were the signs except that he didn't want to have sex with you, which could be many other reasons than mm. them being trans. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. But I think um, there there is a little bit of nuance there because mm. uh, when she's holding the baby, I mean, as as Frida said, she had this problem of not touching the baby because she felt that her hands were dirty and whatever. And then this, he, she had this problem with not being able to touch Ivik, but she wanted to. Mm. So there was this sort of parallel. And then because uh, the mother of the baby wanted to call the baby Ivin Guac, which was the name that uh Ivik was born with mm. but but we also got some explanation that Ivik is uh the male version of this name Ivinguak yes. so she always wanted to be called by this name um although apparently you know it's it's not so binary that Ivik is only the male form of that name so it's also normal for a woman to be called for short Ivik instead of Ivinguak mm. but anyway i think that was um, that was the moment she realized everything because uh, she had this problem of not touching the baby and maybe that brought back the idea of not being able to touch Ivik and mm. then the, the play with the name uh, all of a sudden she realizes in that conversation with her sister because her sister says yes Ivinguak is the, the female version of Ivik and all that and then she has this epiphany and she's like oh yes that's why Mm. Evik is a man and blah blah. Um, I still agree with you yeah, that yeah, you know, yeah, okay. we were not completely yeah. shown everything, mm. but I think that was maybe the part in the book where we were shown the most mm. uh, compared see, to the yeah. other parts. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's yeah. just names seem to be very important. Yeah. Uh, it seems almost uh, cabalistic. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering because on the on the cover of the book there are a lot of. Uh, quotes from different uh, people or magazines like uh, people representing magazines who have read this book and also on the back and some of them they are really praising the book uh, like beautifully told effortlessly cool strikingly modern transport to a cold homeland where blood runs hot and then there is the one a fizzling read about sex and identity set in greenland and it doesn't say anything about just like what the book is about and not that it's like i don't know i the Economist said this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are sweet nothings. <laughs> sweet nothings. <laughs> and on the back, somebody compares it to train spotting, ah. which I found outrageous. <laughs> 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 
you have some really good one-liners to <laughs> make. Like, <laughs> you say very few things once in a while, but it's always like, it's, it's just really nice. That's what I was told by my professor when I was doing the oral exam mm. back in Warsaw, that I gave the shortest version of the exam ever told. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was there, but it was the shortest. Did you get a good grade? Four plus, which is like 10. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. So I was quite disappointed with this book, I have to admit. Me too. I would love if one of us had liked it. Yeah. Just to understand like what what is it that you like about it? Because for me I think it's very difficult to see the potential it has now because I think the writing style really just undermines the premise of the book. Because but it's really important topics, but I feel like they're just rushed over mm. by the writing style. But can you elaborate by what you mean with the writing style? Yes. Thank um, you. So, as I briefly said in the beginning, um, I feel like the author is running and it seems like they forget that they can stop and just dwell with things and actually figure out, oh, what does this mean or how can this evolve into something else? So it seems like they just want to tell a story, but really fast um, and want their characters to evolve. but they don't really teach the reader how they evolve. Mm. So that's what I, yeah. It really annoyed me because I wanted to like it. Um, I and think just, we all did. Yeah, and really understand um, like a, a trans experience or um, like a LGBTQ plus experience in a place that isn't Denmark or Europe or America, mm. which is where we usually hear these stories from. Mm. So um, yeah. That was I was disappointed that it wasn't. Yeah, you're right. Up. It's like the author is so in love with her, um, with the ending she um, conjured, mm. that she wants to get over with with the process with how the how the ending comes to be. Mm. So it, so at the beginning of the book, like Fia falls in love with Sars, sees her at a party, and she's like, "Oh my God, this is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen." And then they like. So the book, it jumps like back and forth into what is happening all the time. Then like some narrative happens like at one point and then another at another point and then it like jumps back and forth. And we don't really get an explanation of like when it's just you just have to like kind of figure out yourself. And it ends up with Fia and Sarah kissing. But they also did that in Fia's chapter. And then it happens again in Sarah's chapter at the end of the book. So I assume that this is the same kiss. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Too. I think those chapters are aligned, mm. but I think that um everything else ha- kind of happens bro- in between. Yeah, no? I think her brother's chapter happens afterwards because in that chapter he mentions that she is gay. Mm. So I assume it's after that she's been with Sarah or at least has come out um as being gay. Yeah, also because in his chapter it's like he then tells her that tells he tells his sister mm. Who is? I'm so confused. Me too. Uh, <laughs> it's Fia. Yeah. It's Fia. That's the sister. Yeah. That Anak revealed his big secret, which which was that some politician politician yeah. guy hit on him at something, and then he was like, "No, no, no, I'm not gay. You have a family, blah, blah, blah." Uh, and then Anak tells this to like basically everyone, and then he gets super pissed, and then he fucks off. Mm. Right? Yeah, that. Um, but <clears throat> in his chapter, you aren't told what it is. It's first in her chapter, right? That you're told what she revealed. No, he sends a very long 
letter letter to fear mm. tells her what happened yeah, but, but at first we don't know why she had to leave Greenland yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't know Th- then it turns out that basically a uh, politician was outed yeah which cannot happen uh, for for the sake of the career of the politician mm-hmm. and that's why he had to leave Greenland yes 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 and maybe we can I don't know I was just thinking about the the stylistic choices of the the writer because um, we get quite a few different uh, styles mm. and, and um, mm. types of narratives in the book right because I guess uh, Fia's narrative is that she's just uh, talking about her thoughts mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. in, in real time in a way yeah in the present tense or whatever and then uh, we get to the next chapter which is um, the brother and mm. he's uh, and it's entirely written in letters or diary or diary right yeah, yeah that's true uh, some diary entries and letters uh, back and forth between him and uh, Fia and also between him and uh, Arnak yes and then I guess again in Arnak if I'm not mistaken it's again her thoughts uh, yeah Arnak is very like uh she doesn't have a lot of money and she's just like constantly chasing the next party because she was abused by her father so she's having a really shit time and then she's just like option number one uh, mm. this guy yes that's yeah true. are you are you buying the beer yes i'm buying the beer okay option number one yay and then <laughs> yes, yes. and then like option number two failed uh, yes, and then we get these screenshots of chats yeah uh, another the... uh, stylistic choice and then I guess at the end with Sarah, we have also these, uh, like she puts hashtags at the end of her. Uh, hashtags, I'm a happy motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. things <laughs> like that. Yeah, that should be illegal. <laughs> I agree, I agree very much. And these timestamps. Timestamps as well. It, it seems like she's posting on Facebook or some other blog place because maybe, it's so like accurate. Maybe she's just writing a lot of diary. With hashtags? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. an, yeah, I mean maybe. that can happen. Yeah, on a digital <laughs> app or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. If you're writing a diary many times a day, maybe you put a little timestamp. I used to do that <laughs> in my diary no, it days. It was more the hashtag. Yeah, yeah. I feel like timestamp is appropriate, but <laughs> hashtags. <laughs> yes, and we we got some um, I think checklists or things. No, but those are in letters that uh, I think Inuk sends to. Um, yes, this Anna. was quite lol. Uh, yes. Yeah, because he wants to know if she is a bitch. That's <laughs> exactly. Happy. That's that's one yeah. of the questions. Yeah. Are, are you a heartless bitch? And the yeah. other one is, do you think I'll ever forgive you? And then she answers back in a letter and she has checked uh, mm. yes in are you a heartless bitch? Because it also doesn't have no. And do you think I'll forgive you also only has no. Yeah. So <laughs> Talk about leading questions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are you a bitch? Yes. Yes, I am. How did you know? <laughs> And in, in some parts of his uh, diaries, uh, Inuk has these poem-like entries, like where he's like, are people happy? Are people scared? Yeah. Are people satisfied? Are people like me? Are people scared? Are people small? Yeah, things like that. But yeah, and, and then another one um, where he's like, you're a Greenlander when you help develop your country. You're a Greenlander when you speak the language. You're a Greenlander. It's just like this sort of, poem structure mm. of some kind and then yeah i also feel like he's the only one who really uh dwells into the identity of a greenlander mm-hmm. and also the stereotypes at least that are very present in denmark yeah. of how people from greenland are um but unfortunately he doesn't really address them as like 
why is this or is this person is this real all of these stereotypes um but yeah he's the only one who really kind of at least shows an awareness of the identity of a greenlander i feel like maybe it's because he becomes very like aware of it when he goes away from greenland mm. like then he moves to denmark he's like oh fuck i'm actually not danish mm. i mean yeah yes nothing makes you aware of your nationality uh, like leaving your country and meeting other nationalities yeah and then the last day finally i am this is inuk and then he says here the last day this is the the title of this little uh not poem whatever it's called uh finally i am home homo sapiens inuk this is after he realized that he's gay um the original title of this book was actually homo sapien yeah with like a space between homo yeah and then yeah yes um which I think is better. Me too. I was wondering why they changed the um, the title of the book because I know the title in Danish is Homo Sapiens. Yeah, but uh, because I mean later in the book they are listening to this song Crimson and Clover. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think that's why. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> probably also to sell the book better. Crimson is like dark red, mm. sexy. Sexy. <laughs> bloody. Uh, <laughs> bloody sexy. <laughs> sexy bloody. Yes, and then um, coming to translation, I was just uh, reading some stuff about the Greenlandic language because this was first written in Greenlandic and then it was translated by the author herself into Danish. Mm. And I think uh, the the English version that we read was uh, based on the Danish translation. And I guess all the other translations that have been made are also based on the Danish translation. or. Mm. Uh, but but anyway, I, I just uh, read uh, that uh, the Greenlandic language does not have uh, grammatical tenses. So temporal relations are just revealed through context or whatever. Uh, definitely when she uh, translated it back into Danish, or not back, into Danish, uh, that had to be resolved by the author herself. So probably she gave tenses to things, but I guess we get a lot of uh, present tense in the book. Mm. And maybe that is to reflect the uh, the lack of tenses in, 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 um, in the Greenlandic original. Uh, and then another thing I, I also read about the Greenlandic language is that it, it is a gender neutral language uh, mm. in the sense that it also doesn't have pronouns. So you don't have he or she, you only have one gender neutral mm. uh, pronoun. So maybe that also uh, gives some more uh, richness to, to how um, it was originally written because we obviously get uh, the pronoun she for uh, Ivik or mm. Ivinguak or whatever mm. throughout the narrative up until the point that um, she discovers that she's a man or they are a man or whatever. And then, yeah, again, mm. so this this problem that I just had now by, by referring to, to her or to him or to them does not necessarily exist in the original language. I just thought that that was interesting. That is so interesting. I, I would have loved to read it in the original language to actually see how it affects both the time aspect but also the gender aspect. Mm. Um, because then I think I would have spent more time... Um, thinking about the gender personally because uh, at least in my world everything is so binary that I think I would spend a lot of time searching for like those keywords of showing like what is the identity of this person to actually understand 
But then someone from Greenland wouldn't spend the same time doing that because they don't need those markers mm. to understand a person in the same way that I do. Because when I hear he or she or they, them, then I understand an experience in a different way. So I think it, um, if it had been gender neutral, I think I would have understood it very differently or at least approached the book in a different way. I think it would have made more sense somehow. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Maybe that's the local context that we were missing. Mm. The the uh, richness of indigenous experience uh, curtailed by translation into Anglo-Saxon context. Yeah. On the back of in the after the book has ended, there's a glossary with a bunch of uh, words uh, explaining like a bunch of. Uh, like Greenlandic words, and then some Danish words, and some uh, French hot dog. A hot dog with, which a sausage is inserted into a hole in a special style of bread. Mm, I, I love, love the, the Carlsberg classic yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> and also the Arnbitter. Yeah, I, I, I loved when she was hungover and she listed all the types of alcohol she was drinking, and then it was like, Arnbitter. Gammel <laughs> Dansk. Does anyone actually like Gammel Dansk? Like here or in general? In general, <laughs> do, do you know anyone? Old people. Say. I think if if I have to drink it, I can. Mm. But I'm Danish. It's like, a, <laughs> it's like a drinking game with me. Like if somebody loses a bed or something, we make him or her or them uh, drink gamble dance. Twenty nine herbs. <laughs> Medicine. <laughs> None so of them healthy. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Also, the cover of the book, I don't know, because if you do some research and you see the cover of the the Danish version of the book, mm. it has this photo of like, a, in the book, there are also a, some photos inserted. Mm. Um, after some of the chapters they end, there are some pictures inserted. Um, but on the, the Danish version of the book, there is a photo of a Greenlandic person sitting like this. <laughs> <laughs> What, what, Your listeners, you're not seeing this, but <laughs> what what is like this? Oh, it's like crouching, like super super crouched over with a cigarette, like with hair hanging in front of the face, and mm. like looking a bit hungover or like haven't showered in a while or whatever. Um, and on this photo uh, cover thing, you see a person from the back and then smoking a cigarette, and then there's a, a mouth and a nose like sticking out. Um, it looks like a gossiping. Yeah, I think yeah, mm. yeah. But I like the Danish cover more. Yeah. I think that. Uh, well, I like this cover. I was like, "What are they gossiping about?" I want to find out. Did you find out? I did, and I. <laughs> you didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that anyone liked about it? The Just childbirth. You liked the childbirth. I liked the childbirth. I think it was nice. Uh, what did you like or maybe in general <laughs> what do you like about childbirth <laughs> or like why why does it make you emotional i mean whenever i watch a movie and something something and someone gets <laughs> born i always cry oh, okay yeah i don't know why but also here it was like you know i see the head the shoulders come out and then the rest just like emerges um i don't know i think it's cute beautiful okay. yeah a new beginning a new yeah and then i also i also i kind of liked when sarah was like telling while she was she was sorry for the baby being born mm. i'm sorry for all the trouble that she has to experience i'm sorry for her mother telling her no i'm mm. sorry for her future heartbreaks 
this I kind of liked. Mm. This was, again, I think Sarah's chapter was like one of the best ones mm. because she seemed to have like the most depth or whatever in her uh, character. Mm. Um, so this I kind of liked. Yeah. Um, I liked this part and I liked when she drove with the taxi driver and he was just like, then he was telling her his story like i was a c for many years and then i was a firefighter and now my wife divorced me and i'm seeing my daughter and then she kind of like makes her own story out of his story mm. how then yeah so like he was a c then he started drinking then he came home he had to quit his job as a firefighter because he was drinking too much his wife divorced him because he was drinking too much now he only sees his daughter when she wants money from him and he just gives her the money because he wants to like uh, mm. still see her. Yeah. Um, I thought this was a bit mean. Of uh, her? Yeah. To, okay, yeah, yeah. to assume that mm. like this was, he gave her this story and then she's like, uh, you're telling me bullshit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although I, uh, that sounded relatable. I, I, have, I know I have friends whose relationship with their parents looks like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that it couldn't be true. I just didn't like that she assumed this out of... Mm. Because he could just be a very talkative taxi driver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, there are nice parts, of course, nice observations. But it's all written in this breathless style of a person who's going through the first heartbreak, first puppy love. Mm. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. If there is a love story in this book, who has the love story? Isn't there many love stories? <laughs> if you have to choose one. Well, if I have to choose like a main love story that I like or that is the most dominant in the book. Because I think that the love story that goes out throughout the whole thing of the book is Fia and Sarah because it's mm. mentioned in all the chapters. Like it starts out like this and it ends like this and uh, the brother of Fia is frustrated by this Anak is also frustrated by this Anak and Fia also sleep together at some point in the beginning of the book and I didn't understand this in what sense did you understand it? <laughs> I mean I uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you didn't understand why they did it or how they did it <laughs> <laughs> we demand more graphic details <laughs> in the can you please elaborate <laughs> No, it's just like Fia is like, okay, I'm gay. And then they go home together. They live together after Fia breaks up with her boyfriend. And then they go home together and then they sleep together. And then uh, she's like, and then in Anak's chapter, it's like, uh, I'm so fucking good in bed. I do me. Uh, <laughs> and then she sleeps with uh, Fia. And she's like, before they sleep together, she's like, Fia probably doesn't know what she's doing. This is her first time with a woman, blah, 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 blah. And then afterwards, she's like, oh my God, Fia is so great in bed. I can't believe this was her first time with a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Fia is just natural talent. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. The love story I would go for is Inux and the politician. <laughs> they couldn't be together because <laughs> they couldn't be together because of the conservative society. Breaks my heart to Reno. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little hard to Reno. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that Fia and Silas is the most dominant love story yeah, I don't know if that's 
good or I think from Fia's side it's not uh, very well developed in in a mm. way but I think uh, yeah with Sara it's uh, it's a bit more um, elaborate in a way because she also she she has this heartbreak with uh, her own partner and I think yes as as you also said uh, Sara's character seems to be the most developed one mm. uh, in a sense and I think yeah um, whatever happens in in Sara's mind and heart is is, is a bit more uh, yeah I don't know I, I found it nice mm. so yeah would you recommend this book to your friends no um, I don't know. I mean, I didn't hate reading it. Uh, I think, and um, and I think, despite being um, not very interesting in a way, it's an easy read mm-hmm. and it's a breezy read. <laughs> so maybe we should give credit where credits due. So I think it's it's despite everything written in a nice way. And uh, and yeah, there are all these narrative changes and stylistic changes and all these things that maybe make it um, easy to read. I don't know what exactly it is, but um, yeah, I think it's it's not a bad uh, book to read. Maybe also from uh, the point of view of um, just experimenting with different types of narratives. Yes, it's a super breezy read, mm. three hours, so might as well. Maybe I could recommend it for a train ride. Yes. So yeah, overall, I don't know if I would read this again, but uh, luckily I don't have to. <laughs> Hi, that was good. <laughs> 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 uh, somewhere I read that uh, she had. I mean, this is her debut novel, mm. right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, she had um, written some short story for a competition of some sorts and then she had won the prize for that Mm. Uh, i think the short story is called san francisco if i'm not mistaken i don't remember exactly but anyway that that is also about uh the love between uh two women uh maybe in san francisco or uh, somewhere in the u.s and then um then she was given this uh, grant or scholarship or something by the uh, by the Greenlandic government, uh, or also funded through this sort of publishing house. If you know, I don't remember the details, but anyways, she was given maybe like three, four months to write this book, and, and mm. uh, she did it. Um, yeah, and that's it. I think I would like to read the the Danish translation. Just yeah. to actually understand how the author intended it to be, because I can't read the original version, but I would like to see the differences in language and mm-hmm. see if it's actually maybe a bit more authentic mm-hmm. to what the author wanted. Because the translation, like the words will never perfectly fit together. And this yeah. is like the like a third translation. It's not even a translation from the original language, so it's even further from what it should be. Yeah, because I mean... all something always gets lost mm, when you exactly. translate something and if you tra- translate it twice then even yeah. more of the original like uh, yeah original juice as we know from the movie with uh, Bill Murray and Scarlett yeah. Johansson <laughs> <laughs> lost in translation <laughs> yes, exactly. but the same this when what you said Asha about uh, she wrote a short story and then she got this money or whatever to write this book this, the same thing happened to 
Kristen Rupinian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was just yeah, yeah you know you want this with the yeah, cat person. She wrote a great short story, got a great book contract, and then produced uh, something very le mediocre, less agreeable yeah. than the story. Yeah, there's a another Art Books uh, podcast episode about you know you want this with yours truly, Frida. That you can all <laughs> listen to if you want to. <laughs> Where I'm shit talking another book, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the same thing happened to her, or like not the same thing. But she also she wrote a story, got some money, wrote a book with short stories. It was not great. Yeah, there's this saying <coughs> that everyone carries a novel uh, within themselves, but maybe some people carry just a short story. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> So what book are we shit-talking next? <laughs> next time we are shit-talking Berlin by Bia Satin. I hope it will be good. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned. Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs>